The year is 1996. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is My Marvelous Year. Hello, and welcome to My Marvelous Year 1996 Part 1, kicking off a big new year here in the My Marvelous Year Reading Club, where we go through the history of Marvel Comics from its origins to today. We started in 1961. We are now on 1996. If you followed along with us, you can do so. All the comics listed in the show notes. I'm Dave, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicHerald.com. Today, I'm very excited to be talking about some Avengers comics, some Captain America comics, some Incredible Hulk comics. Be talking about them with. She was excommunicated by Bill Clinton to France years ago. <laughs> never left. It's Charlotte Fierro. How's it going, Charlotte? Hi. Yeah, I'm leaving my life undercover here as Captain France, but no one, no one can know about. As long as you wear a sweet ninja um, teenage <laughs> mutant ninja turtles costume, no one will know. No one yes, will be exactly. the wise. And, and, have, costume, but. and it, it doesn't matter because half the time it just completely turned off and my whole chest is apparent. Is so <laughs> who cares? <laughs> who cares? Exactly. It's a great look. Uh, and then we're also joined by a very special guest today. We got a new one for 1996. We're trying some new things. Uh, this individual, you know, the, the one thing I know about them is that they finally broke ranks from the GOP um, at the at the <laughs> recommendation of Bruce Banner, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Zach Dean. How's it going, Zach? <laughs> what a what a bonkers! I yeah, that that's a very funny detail, uh, and uh, <clears throat> it rang very true to life because that's <laughs> you know what I do. I just I go back and forth every election. I vote for yeah, the yeah. other party. You know, right. I just want to keep things fair. Right, right. Give everybody a shot. Mm-hmm. Give everybody uh, an equal chance, and uh, and you are the American. Betsy Ross, <laughs> because of it. Uh, so, all right. Yeah, that, so let's that's talk. That's why, like, when I read Captain America, half the time I root for Captain America, and half the time I root for the Red Skull, like, just to keep it fair. <laughs> I mean, right, exactly. maybe not the Red Skull, but, like, definitely sometimes, like, Bat Rock, right? And, like, yeah, okay. no, that's like, fair. That's fair. Well, on occasion, I mean, Flag Smasher. I'm like, Flag Smasher had some, had some ideas. True. Yeah. yeah. I, I root for them halfway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, all right. So, let's talk these comics. So, it's 1996. We're in an Marvel is, this is the year of Marvel's bankruptcy, okay? Like, we are moving there, baby, and Marvel Comics, sometimes it shows. Um, We're going to start, the first episode is going to be kind of covering some of what's going on on the Avengers side of things. I want to give a little bit of history about kind of some of the imprints that Marvel is trying. And then as we move through 1996, which is going to be comparatively one of the, the shortest year we've done since the early 80s probably in terms of the number of episodes we're going to do um we're going to cover x-men onslaught gotta do it has to be done then we're going to talk spider-man revelations and then finally we're going to end it with marvel's big sort of imprint reboot heroes reborn okay um but this first one is like wait wait no i'm sorry you you said the the onslaught thing with like a, a tone of sadness in your voice. Uh, is that? In, I I thought this was a. Is that not a well revered event? Uh, I can't tell. I I don't see the slash s, so I'm not sure about sarcasm in your voice on that one. Um, nope, it, nope. it is it is considered. It it is of a piece with the Clone Saga. 
I think, oh, okay. in terms of sort of the exhaustion and what it embodies of where Marvel's at in the 90s. I think it is definitely more more positively considered than the Clone Saga's reputation in that some folks do genuinely like it. And, and I think when we get there, we'll see, like, there's stuff there that's quite good. Um, but then I think as a full, massive crossover event, it just becomes too exhaustive and, and too sprawling. And the thing about Onslaught, not to make this the Onslaught app because it's not, um, it's 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 annoying in the way that events hadn't yet gotten where its tendrils reach into every comic like every comic starts crossing over with onslaught everything in marvel becomes it and it actually doesn't benefit from that in the ways that you would hope um okay all right so yeah, yeah I, I, I i don't want to i don't want to set it. the stage for like oh onslaught sucks because that's not that's not my attitude it's just kind of a lot I think we're only reading like ten issues of it of the whole thing, so you know, yeah, we'll fast track, fast track that puppy. It. Yeah, okay. we will fast. Right, like, interesting. like just, if there's uh, one motto perception we have at my marvelous year, it's let's fast track this puppy. We just came out of Age of Apocalypse, <laughs> so I just kind of assumed like X Men are on a you know on a good streak right now. But I like Age of Apocalypse way more than I like Onslaught. Yeah, yeah. I also okay. feel like I I haven't read Onslaught, but from what I've heard, it's like it's impossible to dissociate it from Heroes um, Reborn. Like yeah, they're often yeah, they're, they're about they're as one piece. big piece. That that's another one I'm just learning that people don't actually like. I was always like, oh yeah, Heroes Reborn, people like that, huh? And then oh, that's the interesting. Last few weeks I've been like, kind <laughs> of giving them well, vibe, but the, no, well, and not. well, this is the yeah. thing we've talked about um, with Clone Saga, where in 2022, as we're recording this, the nostalgia has f- switched. Um, I think whereas if you were in the 2000s talking about these comics, there would have been rage and and condescension <laughs> at the idea that you might enjoy these things whereas now it's okay to it's it's not only okay but it's like nostalgically cool to like some of these things so that's okay. us nostalgically cool i think that's fair right <laughs> yep. no no that's yeah. not true yeah round round of agreement <laughs> that nobody heard that just pause, it wasn't it, i heard agreement. it but nobody else heard it um all right so let's let's start here before we start talking cap and before we start talking avengers I want to talk a little bit about Incredible Hulk because so the issues of Incredible Hulk that I included here, 436 to 440, they're bad. <laughs> like I don't I don't like them. I don't care for them. I don't have any affinity for them. They're also not important. So they're a bit of an anomaly <laughs> in the My Marvelous Year Club in that I have zero defense for why they're on the list. Here's the reason they're on the list. They're on the yeah, list. Okay. Because when I was going through the My Marvelous Year Club the first time, everybody who was playing along at home, once we got to the 90s, was like, you have to include more Peter David Hulk. Like, you were disrespecting Peter David Hulk. And then once we got to 96, the list was so sparse to begin with that I was like, all right, whatever. I'll check out an arc of Peter David Hulk. I genuinely really dislike (laughs) this arc of Hulk. (laughs) Really? I've had positive things to say about the early David Hulk stuff. You know, I think from 86 through probably Future Imperfect, there's a lot there we, to we like. We liked stuff from, like, two years ago, 1994. We had Rick, jo- Rick Jones' Bachelor Party. The Rick Jones' party. Bachelor Party, right? There, there's a goofiness fun. and a funness that can feel yeah. very fresh in the face of the x forcification of everything in the 90s. Um, by the time we get here, I'm just, like, beyond burned out on on David's approach to Hulk. I think these issues are really really bad and i and part of it is i read the so the issue preceding this run 
is 435. It has a cover of <laughs> a Hulk and Rhino about to play baseball. And I'm like, this is everything I've ever wanted in a comic, right? This looks incredible. So I go to read it. Did you? <laughs> do you feel like the comics community talks enough about the time the Hulk wore blackface to play baseball? Because <laughs> I would Ooh, argue we boy, do not. <laughs> <laughs> I would argue that doesn't come up as much as you might think it would. Um, and that's the thing that, that happens and is talked about in that comic, basically as an excuse for Hulk and Reiner to play baseball and for Peter David to do Casey at the bat. Like, literally, that's it. Yikes. Well, glad you didn't include those issues. <laughs> yeah, they, I, was, I was seriously, I was going to text you guys last night and be like, hey, we have to read this. This is so fun. And uh, <laughs> that was not the experience Just going to skim through I the had. comic real quick, see what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you'll have oh, to actually oh, read boy. it to, to get that. <laughs> but like, there's a, there's a page that is focused on that. Anyway, that, that's not even the point I wanted to get to. The point I wanted to get to was... <laughs> Do you have any idea how politically incorrect it is to play in blackface? <laughs> Betty, I hate this. <laughs> Oh, it's wild. God. It's wild. Um, the, the point I wanted to get to is there's a well, couple that, things that, referenced. I'm sorry, no, I'm just sorry. That, that really reinforces her the political stuff that she said in those later things. She's just like, it's easier to darken your skin than to lighten it. Sumo. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Betty, Betty's political alignment so, yes. makes perfect sense, the, by the way. The, the thing that she says in the next thing of like, I voted for Bill Clinton. He lured me away from the GOP. It's like, okay, yeah, that sounds exactly like somebody <laughs> would say this. I mean, she does okay, come from a very right. military family. Like, I don't think there's any doubt as to who um, General Ross votes for. Yeah. Uh, hey, bef before you, you know, go, go too hard on these comics, I thought these were okay. Uh, I, I didn't hate these as much as... Well, I didn't hate them at all. I, I thought these had a hard time finding their footing, like, on a big picture scale. Like, I was often... <laughs> I was often a little lost as to what the larger point <laughs> these comics is, which is pretty damning. Um, but, like, I, <laughs> yeah, I still think that's like, a problem, Zach. Moment, he still knows how to, like... Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I said that's a problem. Uh, oh, if you, yeah. When you read five uh, issues yeah. of a comic and you don't know what it's doing or what the point I, I mean, it just it felt, like, a, a little unfocused, like, in what the big picture was. But, like, moment to moment, scene to scene, I, I still think these were, like, relatively entertaining. Like, well-drawn, the characters made sense, the dynamics, like, between them made sense. I just had... I was constantly being like where is this going so like i i didn't i don't think these are great i think this is like probably the weakest we've read of his stuff but like still functional i think lackluster defense charlotte what do yeah, you think no a very lackluster <laughs> defense i just i was surprised that you <laughs> you said you really hate these i books. i mean i didn't actively completely hate those but i <laughs> mostly what i felt was hot dave Charlotte's on my side <laughs> no Again. no 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 i'm not uh, <laughs> really coming for me here <laughs> the 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 humor especially like doesn't land at all for me every joke is a sex joke that just doesn't work the comics literally literally ho opens with betty flashing soldiers to distract them like <laughs> What? Yeah, it's a, a trope that has been reused in X-Men comics as recently as 2021. Multiple times, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Yes, and that's true. reason, because that, <laughs> that comic are done with that. That is true. It's hilarious. Yeah, no, I, I laugh every time. No, yeah, it's it was hard to, to care about what was going on. It's very confused. There's yeah. like a conehead version of the leader. That's... <laughs> Omnibus, yeah. Omnibus, yeah. Um, yeah, it's was very confused. I was interested by the end... With some stuff he does with uh, Hulk versus Thor, I think that that could have been kind of interesting. I like that um, that relationship and hear them having to face each other. Um, but yeah, that didn't find much more to it than that. 
Like, I, I, I literally didn't understand why, like, Hulk in the middle of trying to rescue Betsy uh, unhulks into Bruce Banner and is, like, stuck in Bruce bo- Bruce Banner's body. And, like, I was like, wait, why did it? Did I miss something? And, and I skimmed back and forth, couldn't find anything, did not understand why he, like, was stuck as Bruce and couldn't fight as the Hulk in the middle of that. So, like, yeah, there, there's, it's, it's a little all over the place. I think these issues are a, a strong argument for why writers don't get to stay on titles for a decade. Um, <laughs> sure. It, it's just, it is borderline impossible to keep your fastball and to, to have new ideas that are actually engaging for that long. Um, Chris Claremont is the obvious, like, exception to the rule. And even then, I mean, Zach, certainly one of the things that later in, in Uncanny that you were saying was like, I feel like we're replaying things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a thing of that, right? But there's... The Claremont run obviously has growth. Mm, you're going to launder your own uh, Chris Claremont criticisms through me because you don't want you don't want to take that fire, huh? No, no, it's not something I would ever say. <laughs> this <laughs> yeah, is something exactly. that only Zach believes. So please, uh, exclusively <laughs> yeah. hold it's it to him. Revisionist history here. Yeah, I mean <laughs> Peter David. But no, like like the... Mark Grunewald gets to do this with Cap a little bit, and I think yeah. doesn't this is nine years for him. You know. Yeah, it's David just like it is yeah, a it's flipping tough. long time. Yeah. to be on a single run. Um, and I, again, like I have a lot of affection for parts of it, you know, uh, but it just like, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of anything. It certainly, it, it doesn't happen today. Nobody, I mean, I guess to actually dance a lot on Amazing Spider-Man. Um, that was circa 2007 to maybe 2000, what, 17 or something like that, 14. right? So like, oh yeah. Yeah, so so that's that's maybe the, the modern parallel um, and I think that one falls apart in similar ways, <laughs> frankly, once we get there. So, all right. So it, the thing I wanted to say, though, about this is I don't I don't like these comics. And frankly, I apologize that they're on the list. Um, but they reference something that also comes up in Avengers, uh, which is something that I wish we had read. And I'm going to tell you why we didn't. Uh, it's the death of Nick Fury. OK, the death of Nick Fury is referenced here a couple times. And he's killed by the Punisher. <laughs> now, oh, this, really? Wow. I had no yeah, idea. <laughs> like, doesn't that sound like it should be kind of a big deal in, yeah. in Marvel history, right? I think it does, too. I have only read these comics within the last month. Um, oddly enough, as part of doing a Doctor Strange binge, okay? Uh, so we talked previously how in 1995, Marvel's kind of, they're interested in, like, launching different imprints within their line, right? We talked about the Alterniverse stuff, um, and they also talked about, we talked a little bit about Marvel Edge when we talked about uh, Scroll Kill Crew. Marvel Edge was, like, you know, they're edgy comics. Um, so it's Ghost Rider, it's got Daredevil, uh, it's got Punisher, and that stuff. They did a Marvel Edge crossover event that was the Punisher hunting Nick Fury. Um, and it spans uh, an Alpha and Omega issue. It's Double Edge Alpha and Double Edge Omega are the bookends. And then there's like crossovers within that of like a Daredevil issue and there's a Doctor Strange issue in there. I think both written by J.M. Demandis, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but the Alpha and Omega issues, the two most important ones, they aren't in Marvel Unlimited. It's really weird. Um, it's this like kind of important 90s Marvel crossover and the individual series crossover like you can read Daredevil 344 and get the second chapter of this but the Alpha and Omega actually aren't there so you have to find those through other means so that's why I didn't include them it's not good per se but it's interesting and obviously it's like big Marvel stuff um happening so anyway if people are reading that and like what what is that about 
uh, I did want to say, like, there is a semi-interesting crossover. And honestly, I wish we had read that instead of the Hulk stuff. Because even just a single dose of Dematis doing Daredevil at this point in time, where Daredevil's wearing armor, and he doesn't quite know who he is, and he's trying to kill the idea of Matt Murdock and only be Daredevil. Like, it's a weird period in Daredevil history. And it's interesting to read. So anyway, look up, look up the the Punisher kills Nick Fury, and the it's called Double Edge or Over the Edge, I guess is the crossover name. Um, it is it is more interesting than this whole. Yeah, stuff. It gets it comes up a few times here. I think it comes up in the Avengers, and it comes up in Captain America. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and I like the yeah the the moment where uh, Contessa tells Cap and uh, Sharon, yeah, we know he's died before, but this time. It's for real. <laughs> like, yeah, he, Captain America, like, there's a panel of just him shooting a look or something. Like, Yeah, just a silent smoke. Like, that's very good. Eyes. <laughs> yeah, which, which is yep. funny, but also not, because it's like, you know, it's a funny wink towards how Marvel treats this stuff, but it's also like, yeah, don't take this seriously. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, it's already undercutting the seriousness of what's going on. Yeah, there. I, I do have to just say, too, the way... So the reason Punisher wants to kill Nick Fury... Is because he's undergoing an experimental hypnosis session with Doc Samson. And in the middle of this, somebody busts in and shows him a Photoshop picture of Nick Fury holding a kite at the park where Punisher's family was killed. <laughs> and Punisher then thinks then thinks Nick Fury did it because there's a Photoshop what? picture of Nick with a kite. And then that sets off the entire event. I'm, I'm looking at it now. I just pulled it up. And uh, it literally... Punisher is like in a hypnotic daze and he just goes Fury responsible. Nick was just flying a kite baby. Oh, I want to read that instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also like if you ever see a guy chain smoking cigars holding a pistol flying a kite at the park, leave that park. <laughs> do not <laughs> do not continue to play <laughs> that park. It is not worth it. Um so anyway, we didn't get to read that because it's not Marvel Limited. I don't know why it should be. It's it's actually kind of fun and interesting. Uh okay. Any final Hulk thoughts uh from the two of you? Uh good beard, right? Big old Good beard. Good beard by the good. end. I, I actually do to Charlotte's point, issue four forty, the Hulk V Thor battle. Um not bad. Not bad stuff. Uh and it does actually give you a decent window into what's going on with Thor. Where Mjolnir is no longer magic, he's having a middle uh, midlife crisis. Basically, Um, it's okay. And uh, and is it Angel Medina here? Uh, Yeah, yeah, he steps in as artist throughout this. Yeah, I I think it's like early stuff for him because I I feel I I know that name from something. Maybe Ultimate Comics. Um, Not sure. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know where I know this name, but anyway, uh, really good art. I really like the art, and I like yeah his big muscly veiny Hulk, like the big like huge huge way that he draws the uh the hulk is pretty fun yeah i, I do also think that the idea of here like hulk kind of pulls a, a reverse with mandias for watchmen from Watchmen in like in that like uh i think omnibus slash the leader's plans is to turn countries against each other to cause world war three basically and like hulk decides to make him make himself look like the villain to unite the world against him I think that's kind of interesting, and that plays with how he's always been the outcast among the superheroes, like for the rest of the world. That's kind of interesting, but I also think there's almost two issues to explore that, and they don't do much with it. But uh, that that's kind of interesting. Yeah, there's a there's a version of that story that I could be really into. Um, yeah. a calculating Hulk who recognizes that. I, I I do think conceptually, there's a lot potentially there, but it's not. 
it's not here in these pages for sure. Um, all right, let's talk Avengers number four hundred. Actually, we can go to the we can go to the start. We can go to Captain America. Uh, we read so we read the rest of the Mark Wade Ron Garney run before Heroes Reborn is going to kick in here. So this is issues Captain America four forty nine to four fifty four, um, primarily built around the Man Without a Country arc, where as I alluded to in the intro here, uh, Cap is his actions with the Red Skull in the previous arc, where it he sort of has to team up with him in order to, you know, keep tabs on the skull and then ultimately take both him and the Cosmic Cube reincarnated Hitler down. Um, it gives the appearance that Cap was acting in a treasonous matter. He goes and has a friendly chat with <laughs> straight-up Bill Clinton in the White House for a period <laughs> of time and then gets it, Bill Clinton's decision is, um, I can't arrest you. I'm not going to put you on trial. We're not going to do... The Grunwald, uh, you know, replacement cap idea again, but we are going to send you to the worst place we can imagine, the UK. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's really that's that's a really funny detail that like he's not sending him to like Siberia or uh-huh. something. It's <laughs> it's just London, which is the most and disgusting he, thing to like. And he's just you know. miserable sitting in his room with a British burger. The, like, the shot very funny detail. Meal here. Oh my gosh, the shot of shirtless cap, sullen and depressed, with a, a sad uh London burger with an American flag out of it. That's all time Captain America art. If if the MCU yeah. when when Chris Evans was on the run post Civil War, if they had done that shot with Chris Evans, oh my goodness, like everyone would have <laughs> lost their minds. It'd be absolutely would have broken the world. Um, yeah. In all the right ways. So yes, that is an all-time shot. Shouts he to Ron Garney for that America one. So sulky, like Sharon comes in. And is <laughs> it's like, really good. I, I can't. She says something to him about how he needs to just like get up and do something, and he just goes, "Whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever." Yeah, that's my mom. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's I. I actually really like sulky, depressed Steve Rogers because we so rarely see it. You know, um, yeah, it doesn't I last super you... long, but it's fun. Yeah, I would love if there was something going on with the serum or something that does that. If he's outside of the territory of the United States, oh. he's just immediately just <laughs> moody and uh, and angry. <laughs> yeah, that's a God, fun I idea. That, yeah, I, th- I think that's very funny. Just him like having kind of a, a instinctive distaste for like Europe. <laughs> Europe. <laughs> yeah. So and, and the thing. The, it's so it, that food thing is so funny to me. Like that he's like, I can't find good food here. <laughs> so it's so similar uh the the like before we dive into it more this is this is mark wade's last run here with the and uh ron garney is it it's it's just it's just the end before heroes reborn resets everything right okay but they'll they'll wade will be back to cap okay so wade does come back to captain america i asked this last time and someone in the slack actually told me and i forgot (laughs) the answer (laughs) someone like wrote to me and was like zach this is what's happening with mark wade and i totally forgot um, and I'll forget this too, Dave, but tell me why. So Mark Wade is going to come back to Captain America later. Well, like definitely much later, <laughs> like way, way, way later. Um, now I can't remember in the sequence here of Heroes Reborn, if he actually comes back before he starts doing Fantastic Four. Uh, regardless, I mean, you can treat it as an ending. It's, it's, tr- it's intentionally an ending. I mean, it's the ending of Captain America as a series, as it ran from, you know, whatever it is, 64 to 1996, Right, like that's that's the impact of Heroes Reborn. Like once we get there, like that is truly ending all these series that ran for thirty plus years, um, and at least resetting them. 
you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, which is kind of a big, it, we'll talk about what a big deal it is once we get there. Um, but yeah, Wade's, Wade's vision for cap. And we talked about this in the first arc, I think is a very good one. And, and we talked about how kind of it's that balance of, okay, how do you balance going back to basics um, about finding the core of a character in a way that isn't badly nostalgic, right? Or badly regressive. Um, and I, I think Wade and Garney do find nice ways to do that. Man Without a Country, again, it's it's a very similar idea. And this is a thing that you see it in Avengers 400, which is also written by Wade. He's and, and this is Kingdom Come era Wade, right? He's really interested right now in, hey, superheroes are cool, actually. Um, and we need to re-identify why they're cool um, and always have been, you know, not just like we don't need to replace them and make them edgy. You know, we talk about Marvel Edge. We don't need to do that with Captain America. We just need to re-identify what it was that people fell in love with this character in the 40s and again in the 60s. And in taking him out of America, re-identifying like who Steve Rogers is without a country, um, what America means to him, these types of ideas. It's all, it's not quite as memorable, I think, as the first arc because that has Red Skull and Cosmic Cube Hitler and the return of Sharon Carter. You know, it's just got more big stuff. Um, but they're very enjoyable comics to read. I, I have a good time with this I, one. I think it actually, it has some crossover with the, the Hulk thing where I think like, the big picture is a bit of the problem here. Like the the larger stakes here, right? Like it's clear. Like I generally know what's going on, but like there's not as much. Um, like there's not as much interest in like the larger story here. Like I'm kind of interested in Cap being exiled, and I'm interested in like his relationship with Sharon. But the like, oh, Cap gave up the missile plans to a different country, and the what, what's that guy's name? It's not Machine, Machine Smith. It's, Machine Smith. Yeah, Machine Smith. Yeah. Is, you know behind all that like a villain that i don't care about unfurling a plan that i don't care about like that 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 stuff all had a, a kind of a deadening effect but like again the, the kind of small scale stuff worked well i think with like especially between captain america and sharon like i was interested in sharon here and it and it is interesting you're saying like mark wade wants to get back to like or just be like yeah superheroes are cool we don't have to make them edgy but it's, sharon is that like edgied version uh, of like taking an old character and bringing her to the nineties and making like, she starts but her arc by like da dangling a shield bureaucrat, like out the helicarrier. Trying yeah. To get information. From yeah. Her. But I, I actually think the darkening of Sharon makes a lot of sense. Sure. Um, well, you know, I it's mean, funny. It the Sharon Carter of this is the Sharon Carter of Falcon and winter soldier, but good. Um, mm -hmm. Where, yeah. you know, she, she basically like she was betrayed um, and, and then left for dead and reported as dead behind enemy lines. And now she is, you know, you talk about man without a country, right? She is the agent without a country because, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. and the nation sort of left her for dead. And she's bitter about it, right? And she's mad about it, and she should be. <laughs> she's mad at them. She's mad at Steve Rogers. for sort of. But then she's also struggling with that because, like, you know, she's had affection and she's had positive emotion for, for these things previously. Um, I, I don't know that Sharon gets as much of an arc and, and as much nuance as, as probably is needed. Um, but I do think the general idea is, is a good way to bring her back. And then, yeah, to your point, Zach, like bring her back in a mold that is era specific, um, mm -hmm. to have her doing sort of the daredevil Batman stuff of dangling people out a window and like seemingly genuinely not caring <laughs> if they fall or not. Uh, yeah. it's a, it's a good counter to, to Steve as well. Yeah, 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 because yeah, it, like it works, her works, being works. the non-believer to to Steve and him proving her wrong just by being him, being the the perfect boy, boy scout, yeah. works very well. And like 
almost in kind of Inspector Gadget ways, where he's just like in an impossible situation of they're they're in a motorcycle heading to to like the sea or something, and she's like, "You're going to the water, like we're going to drown." I, he just he's just says, "Yep," and they go down, and he just emerges in a water scooter or whatever that is. <laughs> water <Like>, scooter. <laughs> I don't know what's the what's the word. <laughs> no, it's called a water scooter. You're right. Hey, babe, you want to? Uh... <laughs> you want to go out and water scoot a little bit this afternoon? Slides off my sunglasses. <laughs> no, yeah, it's like it's, a dumb superhero moment. Yeah. But like, where she's like quietly impressed by his like, his being just like <laughs> silently his, heroic. His forethought in before he showed up having tied a jet ski underwater off the dock. <laughs> which that's all I could think about is like, I just want to see like the long like... 45 minute process of him trying to like drag a <laughs> jet ski underwater it works so well that you don't really think about that it's just like a cool moment that's kind of corny but also fun i mean not corny but like it doesn't have it, to we don't have to think about uh, yeah well that doesn't make sense or he would have had to set that all up he just he's just that good and i think that works it's just it's just funny because it's not like yeah shield has these things you know like stashed away all over the world it was like i just got to town and my first thing to do is like i hid skis <laughs> all over town just in case i need them later yep uh yeah it's it's a fun moment though it's a fun comic i mean it, it is yeah. it's yeah, it's, it it's got it's it works got works the well. action and, and it's got the the ideas that make it stand out um yeah. i think there's I think a reason people talk very positively about yeah. the waiting garney run and and i think too just like given where it's situated in that post grunwald pre-Heroes Reborn era, it's just so short of, it's short-lived by comparison to what Marvel arcs were typically doing around this time. Um, and it, it kind of just doesn't miss, you know? It comes in and it's very well, solid from Jump. And it clearly it clearly list. had more legs, you know? It's so well-revered. Sorry to, sorry to interrupt. It, it's so well-revered when it's only 11 issues long. That's like, yeah. <laughs> that is interesting that people talk about it. Um, I honestly, like, I don't know, like, I... I I, I'm a little surprised at that because, like, I, I think this is good. I don't think this is, like... Like, if I was just reading through this, this wouldn't stand out as being, like, well, you got to read these 11 issues. This is, like, a stellar 11-issue run. But it's in the good. In the history of Cap, you don't think these would stand out? I think they do. Uh, I don't know. We've had a lot of really good runs with Captain America. Right? In like the, he's, I'm he's talking like, about, though, if you've been reading from 1990 to 1996... You know, yeah, would you I mean, would you be like, well, it's not Grunwald anymore. I guess I don't need to pay attention, right? Like, if you didn't know anything about Mark Wade and Garnier, I guess I, I guess maybe like that that length would be something that would like keep me from revering. Like, if I'm going to talk about my favorite Captain America runs, uh, just the fact that it's eleven issues is going to hold it back from being like up there. He, he so, really so I, I gotta I gotta call out. I looked it up, and they do actually come back in 1998. So that's right, they do bounce for back five, after five more issues, Heroes Report. Yeah. No, 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 five, for a five bunch. issues of one through five, and then. Or at least I'm looking at Garney, and then a mini series. Garn- Garney's uh, not, Garney gets replaced by Cooper at some point, but uh, but they go, ah, Wade okay. stays on. Okay, it for well a while. then then that's why it's talked about. Okay, well you know like if if this keeps going and maintains the same quality, then I could definitely see this being like one of the top runs for me. Yeah, I do want to cloud Savage the, Burn. The, <laughs> I do want to cloud <laughs> the covers by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I want to cloud the the covers by Ron Garney because I think they they look all very good. Like some of my favorite covers that we've seen uh, mm. ever and mm-hmm. uh, the, I don't, the way they're set very up iconic, with yeah. the yeah very iconic I think they make the run feel special in ways that like Alex Ross covers on Immortal Hulk or stuff like that made 
helped mm, make mm, those runs special. Totally. Like they, they feel very iconic with the illustration illustration in the middle and the black box or at least black sidelines uh, uh, around it. And yeah. yeah, I think the covers really help uh, make those comic those comics feel special. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree. Uh, yeah, well, can it, I it a little them, little comic book herald history here? Ron Garney is the first. Yeah creator to ever reach out to me and ask me for a correction on Compa Carol. <laughs> True story. It was a real I made it moment. What did you goof up? What's that? What did you goof up? Um, oh, uh, in, in artist credit on um, Spider-Man Back in Black, the JMS run during Civil War. Oh, like during a, uh, on a like reading list or something? Uh, it was on a, a, my Compa Carol's list of the best 100 Marvel comics from 1998 to 2015, Ooh. which if you yeah. go to the site right now or Google best Marvel comics from that time period, you will find. And it's a great <laughs> list. And uh, Ron Garney's incredible contributions in that Back in Black arc are included. Are now properly credited. <laughs> are now properly credited. Proper yes. credits for Ron Garney. Go check that out. Cool. That, that's very interesting. Uh so Avengers 400 picks up with a Mark. Mark Wade was not like on Avengers for this run, right? Like he's just jumping in. Is this the beginning of him jumping on there? Do you know? Here's the thing about Avengers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the funniest things. We can jump right to the end here. The no, very he was end not. He this, was not on the previous issue, at least. Okay. The very, very end of this. I'm going to, I'm going to look it up while we talk. Um, shows <clears throat> really fun. I actually love these pages because this is kind of like the end of an era going on because they're about to mm-hmm. wrap up the avengers and it has every character that has been on the avengers yeah little, it's so just cool a little headshot and then the issues listed that they've been in like, yeah part of the team that's which is fun. like i love that that's it was so fun i i am beyond in love with that and i wish i had realized that was there for every reading order i've ever put together well yeah i i love this i love this like little roster at the end because it genuinely it made me want to go like pick out heroes that I like and be like, oh, I want to check out when, I don't know. There there were weird ones that I didn't, like Spider-Man is here. I, I kind of knew that, but I don't remember that specifically. Benjamin J. Grimm. Uh, yeah, right. And then there was, oh, God, I wish I had it in front of me because there's, re- there's a couple of like real oddities here. Um, yeah, like, there was some that I didn't even know existed, even inside of the Avengers, like who's Magdalene, who's Swordsman <laughs> 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sergeant sure, 2, stuff baby. Like, well, yeah, especially more recently, there's been like, yeah. there's characters that I'm like, I kind of know who you are, maybe, but <clears throat> um, yeah, yeah, pr- pretty interesting, even though like the reality is if you go back and read those comics, you'll be disappointed, yeah. for sure. Yeah, um, I, I do think the thing that, I mean, a milestone issue like a 400 should be a celebration of the franchise, right? And I think ending it with something like, Here's our roster, and here's everywhere you can find them. Um, is a good way to do that. I really enjoyed that, and and I wish we saw a little bit more stuff like that, frankly, especially in this era, right? Because if you're reading this in 1996, there's not that much you can do about that, <laughs> right? Like unless you can go to your LCS and you're like, hey, can you find me, you know, this annual that says it had Spider-Man, right? But now with Marvel Unlimited, obviously, it's like you can just read everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel yeah. like there's a lot more frankly value in it today uh as far as the issue goes this is another early example of wade and waringo mike waringo the artist together um they do a lot of good flash stuff around this time we're gonna see them on fantastic four in the marvel universe uh i love waringo's style it's not quite as good as it's going to be on fantastic four here but again just by contrast to you know sort of the 
the Jim Lee impersonators that we're seeing really go to the wayside, I think, in a lot of art at yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, it like but it, it definitely just feels bit. like, oh, yeah, comics are getting clean and understandable again, and I yeah. love that. <laughs> I also like, really like the cartoony art that made it feel like a comic for children in a way that yeah. we rarely see, especially in the 90s. Like, reading this felt like reading a, a comic specifically for children, with especially yeah, with the, yeah. the cartoony fa- faces. Well, the, the cartooniness like that. is like... It looks more like Looney Tunes or like Tiny Tunes Adventures, yeah, <laughs> than it does, um, you know, like an X Men comic, right? Like, it, and it works. It's still, you know, it balances not being like it's not in full like kids cartoon mode, but uh, like, but it's, it's just bright and colorful, like, very and fun. The costumes are, you know, vibrant, and yeah, the character designs are, you know, they really pop. Yeah, the so, Batman yeah. Adventures comparison is a good one. I mean, it does feel more. Well, uh, all ages then but... <laughs> oh <laughs> well, I, guess, I guess then that's a little different but no either way and i i i actually really like you know we've seen the jarvis has to save the avengers story before i think like walt simonson does it maybe a circa acts of vengeance um but this example is a really good one you know where it's like you know jarvis is is visited by this individual who claims to be from the future and says he knows this is the day the the avengers are going to die and then it's up to jarvis jarvis is the only one who has memory of saving them and he has to go through the whole roster and figure it out as they do kind of a, a, a anniversary issue trope of fight fake versions of all of their villains throughout history, right? Just sort of as an excuse to get them all in the comic. Um, but th- I actually think this one works better where Jarvis just has to, like, really hold his own. Yeah, yeah. well, it, it's a fun, uh, like, it, it, it's fun also that it loops back to being Loki, right? Like, well, a little wink to, like, Avengers number one. Um, because when he is revealed, it does feel, you know, it's kind of like the nostalgia pull of, uh, of Loki. Yeah, for like, sure. The Avengers, because you know, I, I don't know. I still don't think of him as like an Avengers villain. He's still very solidly like a Thor villain. But uh, you know, like pulling him back into the Avengers reminds me that like, oh yeah, he was their first bad guy. And then yeah. like, it, it's a greatest hits of all their you know big fights because they're fighting these shadow creatures who become versions of Avengers villains. And, and there's a lot of fun stuff here. Like the one villain shows up who's like, um, I. I I think it's Hank Pym is like, who is that? Amortis? Is it Kang? And is it, uh, what's his name? Ra? Uh, not Ra. Ramatut and the. Yeah, Ramatut. Yeah. And, and like then the someone Crimson else. And he's like, no, it's a combination of all four. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then like, he chronal punches Ant-Man this, and sends exactly. him back through all his costumes. That's a really that, cool idea and visual. That's one of the coolest yeah. like moments in this comic. Uh, that, that's a that's a great moment. It's his, like the shadows of him being punched backwards or every version of his costume, which does show that Hank Pym has like one of the stupidest costumes, like <laughs> just like the the dumbest series of costumes, and never can settle on anything cool. And shouldn't have changed from his first one. Yeah, yeah. I but uh, yeah uh, yeah that that was a lot of fun. I want to call out uh, Loki's blonde goatee, which is the worst look I've seen in uh, <laughs> in Marvel ever. That's not a good Loki look. I hate that. Why is he blonde? Charlotte, Why does he have a goatee? Uh, you don't know how insulting that is because we don't have our cameras on right now while we're talking. But that uh, that was deeply insulting to me personally. Yeah, Loki <laughs> cosplaying as Zack. <laughs> it's not the look. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, no. It's it's a fun issue. It is. It's it's just like, you know, we talked about the the nostal the balance of nostalgia in Cap. There's no balance here, right? It's an Avengers 400 issue. It is pure celebration of nostalgia of this team. Um, and 
again, when you're talking a milestone issue, I have more time for that. And it's it's well done. Uh, it, and again, because yeah. Ringo is involved, because it looks good, because you could actually hand this comic to borderline anyone, you know, and be like, hey, you want to read an Avengers comic? Here's one. Um, I mean, there's only a handful of moments where they might be like, you know, who's that or whatever, anyone right? You're still going to get anyone? what's that? Yeah, I could have I could have this to anyone. The 46th and president of the United States, Joe Biden. Do you think he I could hand this? Comic? To Joey Buckets, and I think, I think he'd enjoy it. I'm gonna say, I actually do. Um, All right, well, we'll yeah. find out. I don't I'm think char- I'm gonna charge I, him with this. I don't think Taft would have loved it because he would have dropped it in the tub, and it would have been all soggy. So if we do the full list of presidents, I don't know that Taft would have gotten the most out of Avengers 400, <laughs> but everyone jokes. else. <laughs> Charlotte, do you have any French politician jokes you want to throw in here? Uh, I don't want to keep it all American centric. No, the the presidential election was uh, last week, so it's too early. I, n- it's too no. Soon, let's too let's soon, talk about it, literally anything else, please. <laughs> I'm begging you. Okay. Right. <laughs> Who? Um, what? Mark, what Mark president Queen. do you think most enjoys a comic? French presidents or American presidents? I mean, it's it's Either. the actual answer is Obama, right? I'm sure he reads like he's clearly the coolest the most as far as media and culture, and he's media. the only one who's uh, been in a superhero uh, TV show. <laughs> have you seen that Wait, scene from Legions from Legions of Tomorrow where the Legions have to save young Barack Obama from Gorilla Grodd? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah, Dustin posted it in the Slack today, and I had forgotten that, but that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, uh, just just to t- touch on Mark Wade's stuff, I'm sure we're going to be like talking about him a lot more when he has his like Fantastic Four run. I think that's the the big run that he gets at Marvel, right? That's like that in his Daredevil, right? Does he wait? Am I confusing that? I mean, Mark Wade's <laughs> Mark Wade's pretty prolific, man. But, uh, no, but know, yeah, but, Fantastic like, Four about, in like, the early two thousands, um, Daredevil in yeah. circa 2011 are probably the two okay. most celebrated but i mean he writes everything 1996 this is like maybe what, what i'm trying to i don't know if this is hyperbolic but like the earliest like modern feeling story writer um as far as like pacing and dialogue and yeah. like just the way yeah. that these comics move and he's not it's not overstuffed with dialogue in the like the way that he just like unfurls a story like the the compression or the decompression of a story to like more modern standards like especially those captain america issues like you even if i didn't think they worked entirely well like just the way that they they moved along and kind of j- just the the general format of them felt very very like i don't know an, another 10 years away from you know what will be like the norm so i feel like he's he's really like setting ground for what um like superhero comics are going to look like moving forward that's an interesting call out i like that a lot because yeah i think you're right i mean i think wade is and the thing is like he's been doing flash now for three four years right so it's like quote unquote early wade but he's also like he's got a lot of reps under his Mm -hmm. belt he's also an assistant he's an editor at dc before that time like dudes dude's been in comics for a while by the time he gets on these titles, he knows how to do it. Um, I think Busiak and Ross have a similar impact, you know, with Marvels we talked about in 94. Mm-hmm. Um, those are probably the two clearest examples yeah. of creators yeah. that come in and are like, hey, here's where we're going. Um, yeah. Not just I mean, like, here's Miller what had it with Daredevil, are. you know, <laughs> like 15 years earlier, right? Like those comics, if you updated the art on those, right, to make yeah. it look like more modern art, you wouldn't be like, well, these read like a very old. Wow, you're Maza killing him. 
Yeah. No, well, not, no, that's, that's not what I mean. But I, you know, you can tell, like, th- those comics look like they're from an older era just because of the style. Not because of, you know, any kind of, like, formal, uh... It's Klaus Jarson. You're burning him so bad. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what I mean. But, like, oh, that one yeah, I, I mean, not, not that we haven't had people who are more forward-thinking, or, you know, like, that, that their comics feel, you know, more fluid, like we, we generally get now, um... But like th- this comic really felt like uh, very, very, yeah, very modern to me, and it is getting modern. Yeah. It's 1996, right? This was like not so long ago. Yeah, it's modern. Up. It's not old at all, Charlotte. It's totally modern. <laughs> yeah, Thank Charlotte, you, you were still not born at this point, so maybe we should. Nope, I'm still like minus four years. <laughs> nice, oh nice. So we're getting, we're getting close. We're getting close to the, the era of Charlotte, which will be exciting <laughs> yeah. um, for everyone. All right, cool. So any final thoughts on these issues? I mean, I think, like, the Cap and the Vendor stuff are good. I recommend reading those. I don't recommend reading Hulk. If you're only listening, don't go check it out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> eh, you could do worse than read Hulk. I mean, you know what? I, I enjoyed Hulk a lot more than... You can always do worse. <laughs> Green Goblin <laughs> or Spider-Man Revelations that we read for an upcoming... Really? Uh, uh, maybe not uh, some of the Revelations, actually. Yeah. But Green Goblin, for sure. That 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 that's actually my thing. If you're uh, if you're listening to this now, Green Goblin's coming up. <laughs> Six I don't know that, that Green up. Goblin is is better, but be- the newness of it and the yeah. '90s goofiness of it definitely uh, makes I, it more. I think actually we'd me. all agree because we we recorded that episode already. Uh, tell the listeners like read one or two issues of that. You don't got to read all six. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. The six the yeah. six yeah. is an indulgence. Is, uh, is yeah. That that was just punishment for us specifically. Yeah, no, I like to lash out every now and again, um, <laughs> very passive-aggressively with my comics. So, uh, yeah, so if you want to see what we're reading next, again, it's going to be the X-Men Onslaught Fast Track. You'll find all those issues listed in the show notes. Uh, you can also, if you go to patreon.com slash year for as little as $1 a month, you can support the show, and you'll also get access to the full list updated through the ages. You can get everything all in one place, um, as well as some other potential cool benefits that we've got a coming. So yeah, we got Onslaught coming. We got Spider-Man Revelations. And then we got Heroes Reborn. We're really doing all the big stuff of 1996. Then we're going to get into the worst year of Marvel Comics. We'll see. We'll see how we feel about it. Um, yeah, but in the meantime, you know, it, one thing I keep forgetting to call out is if you're actually listening this deep into an episode, we do variant episodes between all of the, the main year-by-year year coverage. And uh, those, anyone can listen to those, okay, at any point in time. So if you're worried about not being caught up in reading um, at any particular point in time, go and listen to some variant episodes. Uh, and, you know, we're going to be covering stuff in the MCU. We're going to be covering stuff that's going on in, in our lives. No, not pro- they, don't, they don't get that personal. But mostly they're about media and <laughs> contemporary comics and stuff like that. Yeah? Yeah. 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 Yep. All right. Uh, I'm Dave. You can find my stuff at compacarol.com. You can find Tweets. And support for social on My Marvelous Year at My Marvelous Year now being run by Charlotte. So if you've, if you've mm-hmm. just yeah, been waiting, the yeah, if you've just been waiting for Charlotte's takeover, um, big day, <laughs> big news it has happened, and uh, yeah. and now you are safe to. I'm to off talk. the grid now. You know, you are are you, you off all social? I except for like our Slack, which uh, I don't think I, that I counts. That's like a private than... like chat group, I'd say. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, yeah. Besides that, I'm, I'm now officially off all social media, and uh, I will I will not shut up about it. You're going to be hearing about this. Every Congratulations! Party, I'm every, I'm every actually stranger I meet. Yeah, yeah. I'm not disinterested. I got to say, like I am interested in the lived experience of someone who actually commits to deleting those profiles. Um, I mean, I, I was basically off everything but Twitter. So uh, 
and uh and having being able to like hand it off to charlotte who's doing a great job I, charlotte i should tell you <laughs> i'll tell you now on air uh i do like <laughs> still type in like my marvelous year twitter and then i just see like what charlotte's sweden so like i can't interact or anything or like posts or whatever but i do like i am keeping an eye on you oh. basically i am being watched <laughs> yes you are being watched now, we, we had an interesting discussion yesterday uh, on the twitter about uh like alter- the, the best alternate universes of marvel and like Mm-hmm. Which versions that. of that That's work uh, work the best? And I I was thinking more along the lines of like imprints and stuff like that. But uh, we we got a lot of uh, Age of Apocalypse in the answers, which uh, which was interesting. Yeah, yeah, that was like the. the I was the, actually the on. I was on another podcast yesterday. Um, hashtag podcast brag, and we talked <laughs> about Age of Apocalypse. And I I was kind of thinking out loud that like I do think it's the best Marvel Ultimate alternate universe. I actually don't. I don't think anything else comes particularly close. Um, <laughs> which is funny because we run a uh, we run another podcast solely focused on <laughs> the alternate universe. The ultimate but. universe, the ultimate universe, though, has the the downside of all the highs and lows, right? It has tremendous yeah. peaks yeah. and it's tremendous valleys. That different, yeah, yeah. Lar- but I, but I think something that just launched it and built it and gave it enough heft that it felt real and and there was weight to it, um, but didn't overstay its welcome. I, it's it's really hard to beat Age of Apocalypse. I don't and and I love alternate reality stuff. Like in my head, I love it. But if I actually think about the ones that I love, you know, that's actually a tougher list because there's you know highs and lows with all of them, except for Age I of like, Apocalypse. Uh, Charlotte, if I was on Twitter, which I'm not, I don't know if you've heard, <laughs> um, but I would have said uh, Marvel 1602. I remember really liking that. Yeah, oh, <laughs> we should we should include that because I have. Yeah, please. I I really dig that comment. I don't. At least I did like. 15 I definitely years ago don't. When I read it. Yeah, so I'll be, I'll be curious to balance that. Yeah. I, I, I might not. It's been a long time since I've read it last, but I really liked it when I was like 20. Um, and then uh, Marvel Zombies. That's because that's kind of its own little thing. Marvel Zombies it's is a thing. shockingly good one. Yeah. Yeah, Marvel yeah. Zombies is super fun. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, the uh, yes, thank you for taking the, the, the Twitter over, Charlotte. And the, the thing that actually kind of like makes it somewhat easier, because as much as I want to get away from Twitter and just obsessively being on it uh, more than i want to spend <laughs> time on there i i will miss like somewhat missing the uh, the greatest hits of like who said the stupidest thing today <laughs> but i i do have the slack which is full of extremely online people including charlotte who will come and share that stuff <laughs> so like yep. i will still get a little sneak peek of having like a curated view into twitter without actually having to be there so best yeah. of both worlds and yeah. just yeah. keep sure. looking at whatever i tweet and responding to it uh, on the episodes like i think yes. yeah. <laughs> 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 so now Perfect. I am fully behind the paywall. You want to get a hold of me? You got to pay five bucks to get into the Slack, or just send me an email and I'll. Let Gosh, you know. <laughs> he's full only fan Zach, only Zachs. Yeah. I love it. Oh man, uh, you can also email mymarvelsierogmail.com. I, I check that. Yeah, but me. you won't respond. You'll just reply, "Pay me if you want an answer to this." Yeah, no, you do have to include five dollars of uh, <laughs> cryptocurrency. Yeah, uh, like a, a, a uh, or at least the last four digits of your your crypto. Right, give him a chance. Give the man a chance yeah. to have <laughs> yeah, let, me, let me break into your account. Um, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can find uh, support for the show is at patreon.com slash mymarvelousheer. We are desperate for a new iTunes review, so please do that. Um, <laughs> and uh, music for the show is by Disasterpiece. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next year. See you, see you next, next year. year.